What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week. Uh, rock with us Monday through Friday. Your team every day right here on Locked on Blazers. Today's show, we're going to talk about a loss, just an ugly loss. Like, if you're listening to this podcast after this game, thanks. Thanks, because the Blazers followed up three losses on the road with just a really, really kind of indefensible loss for the Orlando Magic Monday night, or excuse me, Tuesday night, rather, at the Moda Center. We will talk about that one. And then, as promised, I want to spend the last couple segments of the show talking about Chauncey Billups. Uh, his name seems to be, you know, the Billups' performance and Billups' coach, coaching seems to be really sort of a big topic of conversation. So I want to address it here uh, in the last couple segments of the show. But first, let's do what we do. Fastest recap in the West. Blazers lose 109-106. It was ugly early. They never had the lead. Never. Not a single time did they have the lead. They trailed 33-20 after one. Just 20 points in the first quarter. They committed seven turnovers, shooting bricks, turning the ball over, and just looked flat. Down 13. The lead swelled to 19 early in the, in the second quarter. And then here we go. They came charging back, uh, tied the game at 50 heading into the halftime. Even briefly had a lead. Tied the game at 50 heading into the half. And, you know, Yusuf Nurkic had 18 and 8, and it's he, he, he was chaotic. He was productive and chaotic. It was a weird half from Nurk where he was kind of like um, all over the place, but very productive in the box score. Uh, and it was like, okay, they've, they maybe figured this thing out. You know, they played so flat to start the first, the first half, but they maybe figured this thing out. And then they come out of halftime, give up a 15-0 run, and never get back in the game. Give themselves a chance the final seconds, but a 15-0 run after after to start the third quarter, and then they found themselves all of the work they had done in that second quarter to erase a 19-point lead and get tied heading into the half. Find themselves back trailing by double digits and scrambling. They go into the fourth quarter down 82-73, and then they just don't go away. They really never made a real push to like you know take back the lead and get it going. Uh, Damian Lillard had an incredible dunk on Cole Anthony to kind of get the crowd into it, but they never really got back because they never took the lead. They trailed wire to wire in this game, but still, Damian Lillard. Da- Damian Lillard down six draws a shooting foul to get from three on a Gary Harris uh, probably a, a relatively generous call but gets the foul call Orlando out of challenges you get it back or you, you get the call as soon as they blow the whistle you know you're good Dame hits all three free throws cuts the lead to one or excuse me down four cuts the lead to one Markel Fultz hits two th- hits two free throws they get the ball back down three 22 seconds left and Two timeouts, they're going to have a chance to draw something up, get what they want to get into. Um, In that situation with free throws, uh, I'm in favor of drawing something up when you need a three because, or when you're likely to take a three just because uh, they're going to be a set defense anyway after they made free throws. Um, So take your timeout. You know you need a three. They run a, a little hammer action. Uh, I rewatched the play a couple times. I believe the play was set up to get Amphrey Simons a corner three-pointer on the final play of the game. With uh, It was a high pick and roll with 
Jeremy Grant and a Damian Lillard. Dame drives on the left-hand side. The, the play is to kick to the corner to Ant, but it was well covered, so he has to kick back out to Jeremy Grant. Grant, pretty good look at it, misses it, rebound pops up. Grant actually gets it back and hesitates for a moment. If he kicks it quickly, he has Damian Lillard wide open on the left wing for a three, but he doesn't he, he doesn't see him, doesn't move that quickly, still considering. Kicks to Dame. Dame has to kick to Nurk in the corner. Yusuf Nurkic, wide open corner three. He misses that one. Ball pops out again. Blazers get it one last time, and Anthony Simons fires up like a 35-footer off the mark. Three shots at it. Ant's shot was very far away from the rim, was pretty good. Jeremy Grant's shot was wide open. Nurk's shot was wide open. All three shots would have tied the game. They don't, they they miss. You lose 109-106. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, Damian Lillard, by the way, 30 points on 12 of 25 shooting. Um, he just couldn't make it. No one of the Blazers could make a three, and Dame was among among them. Dame has had a bunch, um, kind of some some tough shooting nights. Three of his last four games really bad from three, uh, and this was another one. He was two of 12 from three. He was fine inside the arc 10 of 13 inside the arc but 2 of 12 from 3 uh Yusuf Nurkic finished with 22 and 10 and he had 18 and 8 in the first half did not have a monster second half the way he had in the first half Jeremy Grant 16 uh Avery Simons 15 on 6 of 16 shooting a uh, little bit of help from the bench Shaden Sharp had 8 Drew Eubanks had 6 and Gary Payton returned after a three game absence and played 15 minutes finished with two points and two boards uh was not particularly impactful in in this game game uh the Blazers couldn't handle Franz Wagner finished with 29 um I thought Markel Fultz really gave them problems he finished with 18 and 7 assists Wendell Carter Jr. had a nice night with 20 points for the Magic and Paolo Bancaro 19 points 10 boards the Magic aren't bad like they're not bad they're not one of the bad teams early in the year they were bad but then they got they got healthier when Markel Fultz has been back and Wendell Carter has been on the court they're, they're not bad Franz Wagner's really really good Paolo Bancaro is going to be good um they play competent, like competent guys off the bench. Cole Anthony and Mo Wagner, Franz's older brother, like are are competent players. Terrence Ross occasionally is really good. He was like an, a, literally not not impactful at all tonight. Zero shot attempts in fifteen minutes. I've never seen a Terrence Ross game like that. Jalen Suggs is um, good on defense and bad at everything else. But like, they're they're not bad. They're not. They're not. This is not one of the bad teams. But they ain't a good one. That's not a good one. This is not one of the good teams. This is like a sneaky fun team. This is a fun. This is your your nerd friends who watch League Pass are like, hey, the Magic are pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, they are pretty cool. They also played last night in Sacramento, second night of a back to back, playing against a team that was fifteen and twenty six, and the record is not quite it because they started so rough to begin the year, but like. A below 500 team, a team that's not going to make the playoffs or be com- particularly competitive for the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, playing the second night of a back-to-back. You're on a rest advantage. You've lost three in a row. This is of your next five games. This is absolutely your easiest one. You're kicking off 10 of 11 at home. This is time to get right, get rolling. And you come out as flat as you do in the first quarter and as flat as you do in the second quarter. The Blazers starters on the court tonight were outscored by 17 points. That's just the minutes when it was Dame, Ant, Josh, Jeremy, and, and Nurk. That's, that's outscored by 17 points in a little over 18 minutes, just shy of 18 and a half minutes. I mean, the, the team shoots, and this was like, it, it really hinges here. Like the shot six of 35 from three. Um, they're like, a, on the year, the Blazers shoot 37.8% from three. Well, coming into the game, it would be different, a little different now. But like, 
typically you would expect them to make somewhere in the range of six more three-pointers, six to seven more three-pointers, like in that range. If they make their league average amount, they win this game. I don't think the I don't think the missing shots was the only thing, but it was certainly a huge thing. Like a big part about this was they were generating open looks and bricking them. But I also do not think they opened the third quarter with the level of respect necessary it takes to win a basketball game. I think they came out over the first four minutes of the third quarter like they had done their work by erasing a 19-point deficit, and they were hoping that the that things would just roll over their way. And the Magic said, "No, we're going to rip off a 15-0 run. Like we're not, we're not quitters." And then the Blazers had to do all their work to get back again, uh, back. And it's like, and they almost did. They almost did. They almost sent this game to overtime. But I think the I think they played with a lack of respect for the game in the opening four minutes of the third quarter, and it cost them. They lost this game probably because they just like the simplest reason is usually the is usually the best one. I'm I'm an Occam's Razor person. Like it's they've lost this game because of the bricks, for sure, for sure. They lost this game because of the bricks. But they also this is just a game you can't lose. You have to figure out a way to win this game. Uh, Portland doesn't win games where they don't score. Like they just don't on the year. They 115 is their number. If they don't score 115, they just don't win. They're like a they win like about th- about a third of the games less than a third of the games when they when they don't score 115 they just they they don't get in slugfest the defense has even been fine over the last couple weeks but again their margin is so slim they have to score and they don't score in this game and they lose 106 is not enough for them it's not enough for them just the way they're built they're not a good they're not a good defensive team not good enough to win games where they're not scoring 115 120 it's just it is it, it is the way it is but I think this game is an interesting lens to view the coaching situation. Everyone's been screaming about Chauncey Billups um, and why he is overmatched or all of these things. Like Again, this is the loudest part of the fan base. The loudest, Generally, people who are critical are the loudest. So if you don't believe this, I'm talking to a different sector of the fan base. People have pretty, been pretty critical in my perusing of the internet and also the emails I've received. Um, this is... Um, the perception is that Billups has not been a very good coach. And I promised in this episode and previous episodes that I would, I would talk about Billups. So let's, let's use this game as a lens to discuss the Blazers coaching, not just tonight's cause I, tonight in many ways about bricks, but in gen, but what it's been like now a year and a half into the Chauncey Billups era, that's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we do that, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by prize picks, go to prizepicks.com or download the app. To get in all of daily fantasy fun, here's how it works. Price pick sets over under lines and you pick above or below those lines. I play on the app and I do NBA. So we're talking over under on points, on rebounds, on assists for players they choose. And it's just you versus the projections. No no field, no experts, no nothing. Just price pick sets the line and you pick above or below that line. And right now, if you go to the app or download, go to the website or download the app, first time users can get up to $100 matched on their instant, on their first deposit when they use the promo code locked on. So you put in 100 bucks, you get 100 bucks, put in 50 bucks, price picks gives you 50 bucks. It's pretty simple, right? So go take advantage today. Get in on that daily fantasy fun. Make sure you put in the promo code locked on to get up to a hundred dollars on your first deposit. All right. Let's talk about Chauncey Billups. It's it's been it's been a conversation that I think um 
I think a lot of listeners have have been begging me to have. I know shout out to the emailer Rudy who sent me a, an email about Chauncey Billups not too long ago, and I said we'll talk about it. We'll get there, Rudy. Rudy, we're there now. We're, we're there. We're there. Um, let uh, let me. I want to use this game to kind of talk about in general my philosophy of coach of how to I think about coaches and 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 what I think about Chauncey Billups. But I also want to put my cards on the table right now. Here you go. If you made it to the Chauncey Billups section of the podcast, I don't think he's been a very good coach. I don't think he's been very good. I think he's been, I think he's been mostly bad. But there's a but. There's a caveat here. There's like there's some obvious stuff. Um, year one was so bizarre that it's easy to throw it out, and I think it's fair to throw it out. I think it's fair to throw it out. I, like it was. The dude who hired him was in the process of getting fired almost immediately as the season started. The other executive on the business side quit. Incredible upheaval within the organization. A whole bunch of other folks, when Joe Cronin took over, got fired. Um, it was just, it was things were changing and Damian Lillard was hurt and they were, um, and then when they got to January, they just kind of started to head another direction once Damian Lillard had surgery. But I also want to say this, they were never good. That roster was should have been better than it was, even with an injured Damian Lillard. Of course, there's some coaching woes of a first-time head coach. So the Blazers were pretty much never better than their, they started 10-8 and eight that year. They were never more than two games over 500 at any point during the season. And that was it. That, that was the deepest into the season that they were a good team. They were never good. They were always a bottom five, if not the worst defense in the league, with pretty good defensive personnel. And I came out of that year thinking like, I don't think Chauncey Billups was a very good coach, but that year was nonsense. And what happened in the second half of the year was just was active losing, right? Like it's impossible to judge him. So I am willing very easily to um to to throw that year out. And like I said, I just want to put my sort of my my biases on the table, what I think on the table first, and then unpack it a little bit. I think I owe it to you to be honest about what I think instead of hiding it at the end of me 20 minutes of coach talking. I think it was easy to throw out last year. So I came into this year with a with a sort of a fresher focus on being like, okay, what, what I'm going to I'm going to, you know, the the roster is um for my money not as talented but made more sense, a little more a little Less guard heavy is a four best offensive players weren't all under all under six four. Um, the addition of Jerry Grant made sense. I like the additions of um, I, I like the GP two addition. He hasn't played. Um, I like um, you know I liked I was excited about what Nazir Little could bring and what Josh Hart could bring with full seasons. Um, I'm intrigued by by Justice Winslow filling out the end of the bench. You know I'm 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 fresh ready for this. And then I was really down on the team in the preseason. If you're a longtime listener to the program, you know that I was pretty much ready to say they. Still dunk in the preseason I was all 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 I'd, I'd given up I'd said you know we've seen enough of this to know that they're not they're not going to be good right away and they kind of changed my perception the regular season is a different beast and I want to talk about that a little bit later but before we get like so uh, that's just to like put it on the table the first se- first season I was kind of like I don't think Chauncey Bills was a very good coach preseason I don't think he's a very good coach but I'm going to withhold my judgments for this year uh, my like real judgments. You already make judgments. Like the idea that I could withhold my opinions or something, but I wasn't going to, I was going to try to come into the season with an open mind as much as you can come in anywhere with an open mind. Once you've kind of formed your opinions this is how humans work. I'm trying to be honest about how me, a human's brain works. So when I am coming into the season, trying to be honest about assessing a head coach, I'm doing it with like, 
I'm not a, like, I'm an X's and O's person. Like I understand how basketball works, but I don't know the whole terminology of the playbook. I'm not pouring over film. I rewatch the games because I enjoy basketball. Sometimes I rewatch the games because I have to record a podcast and it makes more sense to know what happened. And I'm like, I'm going to rewatch the final eight minutes because I don't remember it as cleanly. Like tonight I rewatched the last play. So I could, I, so I knew when I was doing the fastest recap in the West, what they tried to do, right? Um, and try to notice little things when I was watching it. But I'm not a big X's and O's guy. So I, I'm not saying like, oh, I wish that they set the angle of the screen a little bit differently or they should set, um, you know, like th th that's not really what I'm doing. I read a lot about the X's and O's in basketball. You know, there's some there's some really smart people and smart folks writing about it. And I, I try to become a better, smarter fan in that way. But that's not really my bread and butter. I'm just like a, I'm a, I'm a gym rat kind of guy. I'm just like, I, I watch the games. I kind of feel like I have a good sense of basketball. And I trust my gut. And I watch a lot of Blazers basketball. So the things I'm looking for is, does the team play hard? Like, do they dog it? I thought last year's team dogged it. They had some, to begin the season, they were dogging it. They had some nights when they would not try hard. That's pretty damning of a coach, right? If you can't get the guys to play hard. Um, it's not even, can you get them to play hard? Are they not playing hard on some nights is more damning. Like, the other direction is much more damning. I, I, I think that's a problem. Does the plan fit? That's my other sort of bullet point here. And by that, I mean, like, you only have the players you have in your team, right? Like, you only have you only have the dudes you have in your team. Does the plan fit what they want to do? Um, I think this is like, if we want to, if you want to play defense a certain way, um, do you have the personnel to play that defense? If you want to run a bunch of stuff with Damian Lord with the ball out of his hand, is giving the ball to Evan Turner a, a, a plan that makes sense? Like, is this is is having Mario Hazonia be the offensive initiator on a team with with Damian Lord? Does that make sense? No, it doesn't. That's why it was. That's why that experiment was ditched pretty quickly. And who plays and when? That's a classic saying here on this podcast is that a big thing, and I think the biggest thing is for evaluating a coach is who plays and when. And by that, I mean that that I think coaches do a lot of stuff prior to the game starting, right? They set the tone in, in practices. They set the tone in preparation and walkthroughs in the morning. They get you set up for, here's what this team is going to do and here's how we get ready for it. I think there's some motivational soft stuff that coaches do that is that is prior to the game. But once they blow that whistle, I think pretty much the only thing a coach really does is decide who's on the court. Um you draw up some plays, you you make some you you make some other decisions like when to challenge and stuff, but mostly once the game starts in the regular season, the thing you do is decide who's on the court because the players are going to play and the game plans are a lot less opponent specific. So, I came into this season th with those in mind. Is this team going to play hard? Does the plan fit the personnel and who plays and when? Like do the do the are the lineups um reasonable? So let's talk about what I've seen through 40 games. We're now a year and a half into the Chauncey Billups era and, and sort of my take on the first 40 games of the Blazers with my cards on the table. I was pretty low on Chauncey Billups coming into the season and preseason didn't help me. And now how I will be evaluating head coaches. That's what I will we'll close the show with kind of my, my final thoughts on Billups here. But first, let me tell you, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Just the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You want to bet on basketball? Um, the Blazers may never <laughs> win again, right? This could be tough. Cleveland on Thursday. Uh, um, maybe you can, uh, maybe you, they're going to be, 
home underdogs in that one, home dogs in that one. Maybe you can win some money betting on the Blazers. You don't want to bet on the Blazers. You're going to find hockey. You're going to find NFL playoffs. You're going to find baseball futures. You're going to find combat sports, tennis, golf, whatever it is. You name it. Plus news, uh, news, podcasts. I'm, uh, I'm blanking on the word podcast while hosting a podcast. Truly a special moment here on Locked on Blazers. News, podcast, analysis of the latest betting, of the latest games, and, and everything you need to know to become a smarter better. So don't wait. Check it out today. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Still a pass, first point guard. Still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're talking Chauncey Billups. So let's go through the checklist, shall we? Does the team play hard? I think for the most part they do. Does the plan fit? Sometimes. I don't think the defense really fits Yusuf Nurkic super well. Uh, but if the Blazers had come out with a hired a new coach and continued to play, what, 98% drop coverage? Would have been weird. <laughs> um, it would have been a weird hire. So I don't hate it. Like, I can't, I can't, I'm not too critical on that. I think the plan's fine. Um the part of the plan I maybe don't like is that I wish they ran more pick and roll. Um, the Blazers are pretty low, like in terms of just like volume of pick and roll they run in the league, below average in terms of volume of, of pick and roll they run in the league. Damian Lillard and Anfrey Simons are excellent pick and roll players. I know that there is this like platonic ideal of getting Damian Lillard off the ball. I've talked about it a bunch on the podcast, and I think that um, there are nights when it works, and I understand why they would want to do it. But um, the offense is kind of meh. Like they're 13th on offense. I wish sometimes they would just. Um, I'm a big believer of like, whatever the thing is you do, do it best. Um, like whatever the thing is, you, excuse me, I said it wrong. Whatever the thing is you do best, just do it. Like I'm, I'm a, that's the sort of a Mike D'Antoni, um, I way of thinking. And it's something I really bought into. Um, it's like, it's sometimes you just say, what do we do best? Is it Damien Lord pick and rolls? Let's, let's run that like a kajillion times. <laughs> Um, someone much smarter than me with X's No stuff, Nikias Duncan, who's a writer for basketballnews.com and hosts the the very, very good Dunker Spot podcast with Steve Jones Jr., an excellent basketball podcast to get you caught up on X's and O's and all the little sort of like um, little things you've missed around the league. Uh, uh, check it out. But um, Nikias wrote a story left that posted on Friday last week about how he loved how Dame was getting more off ball screens and moving and working off the ball a little bit more. Um, I don't, I don't, I think Nikias is incredibly smart, incredibly sharp and makes, um, X's nose pretty easy to digest. And he does it with clips and, um, and numbers and it's, and, and I really recommend you read it, but, um, I just, I don't, it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as the best plan. It doesn't, it's not, it's not as simple as just run more pick and rolls. Like I, I, I totally recognize that, but there are nights when the Blazers spend too much time getting Dame off the ball and too much time with, um, you know, let's take, I wanted to use this through the magic lens. Let's take it through this. Twice in the fourth quarter, the Blazers ran pick and rolls when it was Dame, uh, once with a ghost screen with Amphrey Simons and once with uh, Jeremy Grant setting the screen. Both times, Yusuf Nurkic is spaced out to the corner. Yusuf Nurkic is a great screen setter and the best, the, him and Dame were the, one of the best pick and roll duos in the league the last couple seasons when they've been healthy. Just just when you need a bucket, just freaking run your best stuff. Like, just run your best stuff. I think sometimes you get too cute. 
too cute. Um, I understand the idea. I understand not bringing that, like moving that center, that sort of that chess piece into a spot away, like on the weak side. So the help is a little bit different. Like I kind of, I kind of get the idea of it, but I don't love it. I don't love it. So like, does the plan fit? I don't think I, to me, to me, one of the big concerns for me is that the strengths aren't strong. The offense is not as good as it can be, and the starting lineup is not as potent as I thought it would be. I thought they would be better, and that's with Jeremy Grant has been excellent. Um, Damian Lord is having a little bit of a down stretch. Every time he's having a down stretch, so um, you know maybe it'll come back to him. But I thought they'd be better. I thought that group specifically would be better on offense, um, and I'm, I'm, I would say I'm a little surprised that they aren't. But I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like I, I, I in general, like. I don't love it, but like smarter people than me like it. Um, and you know, it's, it is, I get the idea of it, right? Because before the offense was just every time down the court, Damian Lowe is going to run a pick and roll and everybody's going to have your eyeballs on them. The idea of having more variety is appealing. And I think it could pay off down the line. I just think sometimes, um, sometimes you just got to go with your bread and butter. Sometimes you just got to let Damian Lord match up hunt and bring bring someone into the pick and roll and go to work. And Chauncey has done that in the past. He doesn't, it's not that he doesn't do it, but he's, he's, he hasn't, hasn't always who plays in when. And I think this is kind of the big one for me. So that does the plan fit. It's fine. It's the defense doesn't really fit use of Nurkic, but whatever. Um, and the, and I don't love whether the way the offense treats Damian Lord and Amphrey Simons always, sometimes it's freaking fine. But sometimes I think it is unnecessarily difficult, and I think this game was was an example of it a little bit because they didn't run a bunch of pick and rolls when they were coming back to get into this game. They just don't lean on it as much as I would want them to. But who plays and when is a big one for me. I don't think Chauncey has screwed up too much of the, the lineups this year. I think it's fine. Um, the biggest thing holding the Blazers back right now is their roster isn't very good. Um, they are probably... Uh, they probably should have a couple more wins that they've lost recently. And I think this magic game was a pretty bad one to lose, but in general, they're, they're just, they're, you know, the, they're playing a bunch of young guys, a 19 year old, a 20 year old, a 21 year old coming off the bench Drew Eubanks. Who's um, you know, who's, who's hasn't played this consistently a large minute role on a team with playoff aspirations. Um, He's, you know, it's, they're just undermanned. They're undermanned with that group. And it's like, and then before it was Trenton Watford, a second year guy who was, a who was undrafted. Like it's, um, they're just young. They're super young. So I'm not surprised that they're struggling with the bench. Um, and I'm not surprised that Chauncey Billups is leaning a lot on his starters because you want to win. Um, there's been times when he's played, I think, Ant and the all young guys lineup that I've called him out here in the other po- podcast that I, it's just like a lineup that didn't work, but Chauncey played it for like, uh, five halves. Like he played, he played it for parts of three games. And then he was like, oh, this right when, when Justice Winslow got hurt and he goes, oh, this really doesn't work. And he basically hasn't gone to it unless uh, foul trouble has dictated that he has, has gone back to it. Like he's mostly avoided it. So through the eyes of this game though, did they play hard? No, I don't think they played hard, hard enough in the third quarter. I think they played kind of flat. I think that was a problem. Does the plan fit? I don't think the plan was necessarily bad. I think they just missed a bunch of shots. And who plays and when? The starters played 18 minutes and they're outscored by 17 points. That's not a Chauncey Billups problem. This was one of their worst losses of the season. I think it's a perfect example of that the players are always going to be more important than the coach. I've been pumping out that like I think coaching is not that important on this podcast for 
years, a kajillion years. <laughs> it's like one of my most consistent takes. I've kind of fiddled around with what I think the percentages are, but I really think it's like two to one. I think talent is like two to one in the league. It's at least twice as important as coaching. The Blazers are about the talent level team of a 500 team, and they're now two games below 500. They should be a little bit better. And that's kind of where I land here with Chauncey Billups. I don't think he's a terrible coach. I don't think he's crazily outmatched. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he struggles with X's and O's. I don't think his substitution patterns are terrible. I don't think. I. I really don't think he's. I think he. I think he's a. Um, can be struggle with all of those things sometimes. Um, I think he's. But I don't think he's like. I don't think he's deeply overmatched as a coach. Like I think. I think it would be a mistake to for me to sit. Not a mistake. It would be untrue to my beliefs to sit up here and say that I think he's like awful no I think sometimes he's he I think for the most part the guys play hard I think for the most part the plan fits okay and but the roster's not very good and I think for the most part the roster's not very good they're kind of the level of play we thought they would be but they're a little bit underwhelming right now and I think that's where I land with Billups I find him underwhelming I do, I think um, for the most part coaches have very little impact some have negative impact some have positive impact and Billups seems to be someone who is not positively impactful on the team and that might be the most damning thing I can say about him he was brought here to be the change the guy who changed the defense the defense isn't better I think he's had better I think he's had straight up good defensive personnel last year and they're terrible but that was a weird season um at least some of the defensive personnel was good should have been better than 30th good not capital g good lowercase g they should have been like 20th on defense to start the year they were awful um, and I think they probably have the personnel. If they had Gary Payton, I would probably be banging the drum much louder. And now he's back and we'll see. Um, I, I kind of think he's just been underwhelming. I think he is not a positive impact on the team. Uh, and in general, I think coaches have very little impact, so I'm not going to be screaming about him. I think he's just kind of been meh, kind of whatever. But I'll say this. This is one of the true low points of the Blazers season. In fact, to date, this is the low point of the Blazers season. Four losses in a row. They haven't beat a good team in what feels like 10 million years. Um, they're heading into a tough stretch of home, of home home heavy, fat, chance to like really prove that you're good. But because they're playing talented teams and they don't seem like a talented team, it's like impossible stretch. Two games against the Mavs over the weekend. How will they handle it? You know, and it's it's not like that. Like it shouldn't be like that. It just shouldn't be like that. Should not be that big of a deal. So here's where I land with Chauncey, and I'll leave on this. It's like. I don't think he's detrimental to the team. I don't think he's holding them back. I don't think he's the problem with the Trailblazers. But he was hired to be the guy who changed things and hired to be the guy that that pushed them into another direction with um, hard accountability-type coaching that the previous coaching staff maybe wasn't capable of was the narrative from some corners. And I don't think he's really been that. I don't think guys dislike him. I think they like him a lot. Um, as a media member, I think Chauncey Billups is rad. <laughs> like, he's a really good talker. I like him talking to him in press conference for the most part, even sometimes when I feel like he's not telling the truth. I like what he says. Like, I, in terms of just, like, he's quotable. Um, and he's and for the most part, he answers your questions. He listens and answers your questions. From, a, like, a professional standpoint, from the times I've been around him, I, I straight up like him as a dude. Um, I, I, I think he's pretty good. Like, um, pregame, he's gold. Like, go to pregame availability with, with Chauncey Billups. Come away with something good to write about. Um, I don't write anymore, but boy, howdy, could I, I, I... He's easy to harvest from. I 
but I just don't think he's been positively impactful. I think he's been just, I think he has had very little impact on improving the roster, on getting getting more from less. He has not made this team better than the sum of its parts. He's made them exactly what the sum of their parts are. And if that is, I think from here, rather, let's say it like this, from here, the true down point of the season is a chance to test what kind of coach he can be. Because the test of a good coach would be pulling this team out, figuring out, okay, here's the here's the things that we need to do better as we get healthier, as, you know, if Justice Winslow and as Nazir Little are both back by, say, 1st of February, last week of January, which in theory they're both on, if they were both available right when their timelines up, are both be back at the end of January. Like, if healthy and figuring out what works and pulling out of this tailspin, that would be the way to judge Chauncey Billups. That would be from the low point forward. Not into the low point, but from the low point forward. If you get to the nadir and pull yourself out, that will be how I'll judge him. Because right now I just think he's kind of, um, to use a phrase, a dude. Like he's just someone who's 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 there and, they can, and they're rolling along and it seems like he is not po- like a, a positive impact. His chances to make his imprint right now. Last half of the season, the Blazers have played 40 games, 42 remaining. We will see what the final final stretch of year two of Chauncey Billups brings us. And then when we get to the end, we can talk about what the coach did from here forward. That's my thoughts on coaching. That's my thoughts on Chauncey Billups. Later this week, we're going to have more fun. Talk Shaden Sharp a little bit. Blazers um, play the Cavs should be fun. And uh, still likely to have an interview coming on uh coming it could be on thursday show could be on friday show but look for it in your feed later this week as we get back to interviewing folks at least once a week from here on out that's my goal thanks for rocking with the podcast i appreciate you listening i'll talk to you soon